Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral land of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Ojibwe, and Nakota Sioux, among others for time immemorial. I also would like to acknowledge that this land is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta and that I am a settler on this land. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist. I use they-them pronouns, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about the things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. I break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. In this episode, I interview author Sarah Humphreys. Let's get started. First up, novels. I'm looking for pre-readers and reviewers for my novel Red 72 Revelation, which comes out June 21st. If you are interested, please send me an email at sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. My novel Red 72 Exodus, the third book in my Red 72 series, is available for free on Kindle now through January 19th. Remember to rate and review when you finish reading it. My New Year's resolution was to read one book from the Texas Banned Books list each week. I'm a few weeks behind on episodes thanks to catching good old COVID, so I've actually read two books so far. I'll just cover A Complicated Love Story Set in Space by Sean David Hutchinson in this episode. It's a young adult science fiction novel about DJ and Noah, two 16-year-old gay boys, and their friend Jenny. They all wake up on a spaceship with no memory of how they got there, and the ship is about to explode. It's exciting and cute and has so many surprising plot twists. It contains one instance of the F word, so I can maybe see that being a reasoning for it being excluded from school libraries. But I feel like it's been targeted for the gay romance. Representative Matt Krause didn't give reasoning for any specific choices on his list, so the world may never know. And now for my interview with Sarah Humphreys. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you. Please tell the listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, and how you got published at such a young age. <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. Um, my name is Sarah Humphreys. I'm a senior in high school, and I live in Lehigh, Utah. Uh, I've been writing my whole life. I've always wanted to be an author, and I got published when I went into a writing program led by a New York Times bestselling author and she was basically our coach and she taught us how to write books and all of us students had to had to write um had to write a book in like six months and then at the end of the program there were agents that she knew that we could pitch to and I got accepted by one of them and that was really cool. Okay wow that is amazing um where was that when I was a teenager? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow um what was this program called like do you oh uh it's called the calliope inner circle uh you could it's 
yeah, it's it it's it's Google, uh, but uh but you're not i don't think you can do the pitching part anymore it's just online uh, it's still a good program and i'd recommend it yeah absolutely like anybody who's wanting to learn to write or write better always upping your skills for sure and so what was your first book and like how did that pitching process go obviously you got accepted and got published yeah. can you tell us about that well, it's not my first book, actually. I, I've been writing. Uh, my first book was, I don't know, some kind of book about dragons. I can't remember. But this is a book that I had an idea for, and I decided to write for the program. And it was kind of nerve-wracking because go six months doing a program, like an online curriculum, during school. So I had to go home from school and like, go to another writing school with with homework. So that was was interesting to balance but uh, the last day where we all pitched our books it was like 50 of us in this one old house and that was the most stressful and boring day of my entire life because because they call your name and assign you an agent to pitch to and you were like really hyped and really excited and really nervous because because it was just it's just like your your one chance to to pitch and be an author. So you went into a room and you had three minutes over Zoom to New York with an agent, and then you did your three minutes, hope and pray that they say yes, and then you go back and sit down and wait another three hours, and then do it again, then <laughs> do it again. So it was a really interesting day. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> I like that you mentioned that um, the first book that you published wasn't actually the first book that you wrote. Um, oh, yeah. I, I have kind of a similar story. The first book that I wrote was about a made up dinosaur that came to life and like got in a fight in a kid's bedroom and kid's mom's like, what the heck's going on in here? <laughs> There's dinosaurs in my house. Like what's going on? But First book I published, very, very different. Uh, no dinosaurs, just people shooting each other. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, as you do when you're human. Yay, America. Um, <laughs> what sort of journey did you go from the first book that you wrote to the first book that you published in terms of growing your craft as a writer? Well, I've basically been writing for almost my entire life. Like, I remember when I was like, I don't know, three, four or five. And I was like, hey, mom, I don't know how to write yet, but I have a story that's in my head. So can I draw the pictures in this little paper booklet and then you write down the words? And this is the story that I have of a lost cat or something, the story that a preschooler would write. <laughs> but uh, and then like I started writing longer and longer things and just more ideas and more ideas. And then eventually I started actually writing novels. That was pretty cool. Oh gosh, I look back and I'm like, oh, this was so bad. What was I doing? I started my books with, hi, my name is so and so and this is my entire life story and exposition for two solid pages and then we'll start the book. <laughs> like I I had to read and I had to literally just learn from the ground up how authors start their stories and what I can put into my stories. That was, that was interesting. Uh, so 
I've just been trying to learn more about being an author and I, I've gone to a whole lot of writing camps like Teen Author Boot Camp and then uh, the BYU Young Authors Academy at college. Uh, it's just been really interesting, like learning all about writing. And I watch YouTube videos with Brandon Sanderson and <laughs> I just, uh, because other authors are so helpful and, and they know a lot. So it's been uh, fun learning. And then I eventually published my own book after <laughs> learning for six months how to write a book from a New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> I cannot recommend Brandon Sanderson enough. Like I, oh, I took a God. class from him yes. when I was at BYU. And it is the best class I took the whole time I was there. Maybe not the most fun because it was so much work, but I yeah. learned so, so much. Became so much of a better writer because of that. Class. You can just find them on YouTube. Like it's just classes with Brandon Sanderson, how to write a hard magic system. And you could just take notes. <laughs> he's a genius. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, cannot recommend him enough. He's absolutely brilliant. So, what tips, you know, other than learning everything you can, do you have for people who want to be authors? Well, let's see. Um, well, again, uh, <laughs> try to try to get more information from other authors. I mean, um, I check out books and I buy books and I, I have a Google Drive document where I just write down everything that they're doing that's right. Like, I watch TV a lot and I read a lot and I like... Oh my gosh, like a thousand page document of just notes. <laughs> like these are what the authors are doing. This is what I like. These are the tropes that I like that I could incorporate into my own book. And yeah, uh, that's my advice. And my other uh, bit of advice is to just keep writing if you want to. Like the, the industry is sometimes very daunting and very hard on authors. But if you just uh, like maybe you won't publish anything, but if you still want to write, then then you can write and maybe you can self-publish. You don't have to traditionally publish. For sure. I I went the route of self-publishing. I had a book offer. They wanted to retain the movie rights. I said, no, <laughs> still have all my rights. It works for me. But yeah, there's lots of options out there. It's not just vanity publishing anymore for self-publishing. It's It's a totally different world than it was. 20, 30 years ago. What authors have inspired you and who do you read? Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> top 100. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Uh, well, Brandon Sanderson specifically, I love him so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like he is the go-to masterclass when it comes to anything having to do with world building, magic systems, character work. He just does epic fantasy and just can create these such long stories and such intricate world building and it's so cool like <laughs> like in, in Steelheart uh, a series that I read superheroes and he and he did a twist on the superhero concept and that was cool but in Steelheart there's a city that's all flooded because the water level has risen because this person who has that power and then there's dangling fruit that glows all over the place and I'm like sure you could have a city like that. That's cool. I like that. That's creative. So I, I really like him just because of the ideas that he can come up with. I don't exactly know how to pronounce his name, but I like Rick Riordan. I think, yeah, uh, per Percy Jackson was the, was my gateway fantasy series. It was, it's so good. It, it's funny actually, because I, I read all my, um, I read all my earlier books short stories and I can like find literal sentences from from Percy Jackson in in my writing that I liked and so I copied it <laughs> so I like those two authors a lot 
I also did something similar in my early writing. I I was obsessed with the Artemis Fowl series when I was a kid. And yeah, I would just steal sentences. <laughs> it's like, this is a beautiful description. Yoink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plagiarism, what's that? <laughs> it, it's it's terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> adorable at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How do you create these worlds that just bring readers in and help them feel like they're fully immersed in that when they're reading your book? Well, the world building that I usually do is medieval fantasy kingdoms. I love medieval kingdoms a little bit too much. It's starting to get a bit repetitive. (laughs) But uh, so I like medieval kingdoms because they're very structured. There's a lot of rules to them. And it's something that the reader can already make sense of. Like everyone knows how a monarchy works, kings and queens. And so one way to uh, get yourself a realistic world is to just have things make sense. Just give give yourself rules that you can't go out of, like laws of physics. If, if you want to bend the laws of physics in your world, that's great. But you also have to make yourself your own set of rules and you have to be consistent because it has to it has to make sense um, in a way that, well, okay, it has to doesn't make sense in a way that makes sense. Uh, like like rules for magic and stuff like that. Uh, things are more realistic if um, there are boundaries that you set as an author. Be consistent with yeah whatever it is that you're doing. Like if you decide that the sky is orange, it stays orange or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That definitely makes sense. And I've, I've heard that iterated from many fantasy authors that I've that I've spoken with is is that you you set your rules and then you don't break your own rules even if you're breaking all of nature's rules and elephants are in love with giraffes and having children together you don't break your own rules (laughs) yeah (laughs) and how do you create characters that people can both relate to and feel real anger or hatred towards (laughs) I love making characters so much it's interesting trying to get into the psychology of just making up a person uh but I I like to I like to have a couple rules for myself um if you have a character in a story they have to have a motivation like what what drives them what are they trying to accomplish and then usually you they have a flaw or something that keeps them from that motivation uh, because everyone has that. Everyone has flaws. They're, um, everyone is an imperfect person. You can't make a character that doesn't have any flaws because that's not how people are. So uh, usually in a story, a character um, like faces their flaw and then loses and then faces their flaw and then loses and then they have to change. Like they usually have an arc throughout the story where, where they have to make decisions to eventually get over that flaw and defeat the villain at the end. Uh, um, that's kind of the formula for character. Uh, and then usually, <laughs> usually the thing that works is that either you just give them the most endearing personality, like they, they're a good person, you give them good traits, or <laughs> you go the Harry Potter route. You take someone completely innocent and cinnamon rolly and mushy and just beat the crap out of them emotionally 
<laughs> a tragic backstory uh, because like that's been done a whole lot, but it's been done a whole lot because it works. If you give, if you give the reader something like you're going to, the reader is going to feel sorry for them. Like they're going to feel sympathy and you always root for the underdog. You always want to root for someone who, who already has a setback, who, who needs to try to succeed. <laughs> so, so when you have a fantasy protagonist that is like, their family's dead. <laughs> you can you can totally make that you can totally make that work because it it allows the reader to invest in your story as long as it doesn't become too repetitive. And what about making characters that people have an active dislike for your villains? How do you make them unlikable? That's actually something I personally struggle with. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, for me, it's it. I I have an easy way to make someone unlikable. If if you have if you have a character who is extremely likable and extremely innocent and has done absolutely nothing wrong, you just have a villain who needlessly picks on them, bullies them, <laughs> makes them unstable emotionally. <laughs> like any bully out there, like they're immediately unlikable because they're doing a bad thing to a character who doesn't deserve it. And any any character that does a terrible thing to a character that you care about is a villain. You don't like them. <laughs> like <laughs> that's basically it. You just make them a jerk to people. <laughs> make them a jerk. Wise words from the young. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does like a bully though. Like it's it's true. Like taking it from harry potter nobody likes voldemort because he's always like die harry potter and he's like i'm a literal <laughs> child what is your problem <laughs> like, my parents yeah. are dead and i'm 11 years old like knock it <laughs> off like yeah <laughs> he's a he's a big jerk big bully but you also mentioned that uh you have a monologue explaining why dr strange is the best <laughs> avenger uh, I I may or may not agree with this, but I'd like to hear your explanation of why you think this. <laughs> okay, well, it's it's really biased for several reasons. <laughs> uh, but basically, I I really like his character arc. I I really 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 like his character arc. Um, and partially it's because uh, Doctor Strange was literally my first Avenger movie. So it's maybe it's rose-colored glasses nostalgia, uh, but uh, I, I really did like his character arc with, with like, someone who is uh, so arrogant, um, uh, learns humility and learns how to fight and make the world better. And that's really cool, like turning a jerk into a good person. And I really like the actor <laughs> that, that they chose for him in in the movies i i i love benedict Cumberbatch. i love sherlock and i i really like characters who have time powers that's really cool i i like dr strange uh i just i just love time as a concept and as a power that's really cool and to the magic system that they have for um his character specifically like the mystic arts dimension stuff uh something like that I love symbol magic, like like where you take your fingers and draw something in the air and special effects or like animation, like, I don't know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. The Dragon Prince, if anyone has heard of that, like symbol magic, just drawing anything in the air. And that is so appealing and fascinating to me. I don't know why, uh, but yeah, that's basically why I love Doctor Strange a whole lot. And he has Iron Man's personality, 
which is cool. Well, Iron Man's personality, but without like the playboy charisma stuff. <laughs> but I really do like people who are like extroverted, let's get stuff done characters. So it, it's just a whole lot of factors that <laughs> that have me really, really, really liking his character whenever he's on screen. And I'm really excited for the Spider-Man movie because he's in it. And I love Spider-Man too. So it's cool to see those two characters working together. I'm so excited. So excited for the Spider-Man movie because the trailer that came out, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> like they're basically making their earlier movies canon. That's what they're doing. Yes. And that's I'm, cool. I'm so excited. I really hope they do this well. I will be pretty disappointed if they don't, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. There hasn't been a MCU movie that I haven't liked so far, but yeah. <laughs> So you're a senior in high school, bouncing being an author. When I was a senior in high school, I kind of got my nerd out by being the president of the Art Honor Society and taking a bunch of AP <laughs> classes. How do you balance it all? Uh, I don't have any extracurricular activities <laughs> at all. Never have. Never been that person who's like, oh, I'll stay for drama club after school or I'll join cheer or I'll join the writing club like I I don't I don't I'm not even part of the writing club after school like I I I don't have extracurricular activities <laughs> nothing after school I did join the Dungeons and Dragons club though but that's because literally everyone in that club is my friend I know them and I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons because that's really nerdy and it's character role playing and I like that and that's so much world building as well yes so fun. yes <laughs> Although I'm never the dungeon master, I can't do it. I, I'd much rather play. Fair enough. It's very fun. So what's next for you? Do you have more book plans, university plans? Well, uh, I'm working on the sequel to this book that I am publishing and a lot of other projects right now. I'm, oh, I have so many book ideas that I, not, I don't have enough time to write. I think I'm going to college uh, after after high school. My parents made me submit a college application because I didn't have the strength to do it. <laughs> but I did it like 11, the deadline. <laughs> so I think, I think I'm going to go to college if I get accepted. Uh, and maybe I'll study English. That'll be really cool. I liked studying English. It, it was a lot of fun. Do you mind if I ask where you applied? We can leave that uh, out of the podcast uh, no, if you don't. It's fine. Uh, I applied to Brigham Young University in Utah. BYU. Anywhere else or just that one? <laughs> nope. It was just the one application. Hey, well, good luck then. Yep. Everything's writing on this one. <laughs> I applied like everywhere because I didn't want to go to BYU and ended up going there anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that was the one school that didn't offer me a scholarship, too. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it worked out. I got to take a class from Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. He doesn't teach at any other school, so. Or, I don't know, maybe he does now. He wasn't on YouTube when I was. YouTube wasn't even, like, a thing until a year yeah. before I went to university. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I'm older than Google. Literally, it's great. Anyways, um, thank you for joining me. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, do you have any social media you want me to plug? 
I, I have Facebook. Uh, you can just search my name and I'll come up. I'm the only person who spells my last name that way. So you can just search my name. And I have an Instagram account. I think it's Sarah underscore fantasy underscore author. Well, take care and best of luck to you. Yeah, thanks. All right. You can learn more about Sarah and her books at her website, sarahumphreys.com. And again, Humphreys is spelled H-U-M-P-H-E-R-Y-S. Her latest book, Stone Cold, is available in ebook and paperback. Now on to comics. I did two comics focusing on mental health in the last few weeks because the last few weeks have been a doozy for me. You can see both of those comics, It's Broken and Have You Tried Yoga, on my comics Instagram, at World of Possums, or on my comics Facebook page, Possum Pete Comics. That's all for this episode. I'm still kind of recovering from COVID, but I'll be back soon with an interview with Laugh Yoga instructor Kathy Nesbitt. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. Thank you to Legion X for my intro and outro music. You can find me on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. I'm also on Instagram at Sierra the Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon and on my website, sierrathebarefootgirl.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash possumpete. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.